0: We're just going to start talking, but I'm going to tell everybody who you are and what's going on. Today, we have Nan Kruger, right? Yes. Hi. From Groovy. Okay, hold on now. From my Groovy home, which is an adorable name. And what you said you wanted to chat about maybe was um, how we're all doing, transitioning from in-person to online design, How to specify, I don't know if you're saying you know how to do that in a way that's effective, or you're like, how do we do this in an effective way?
1: Yeah. Me, yes, I am, how do I do this? Because, yeah, I'm used to in-person. Okay, well, tell me a little bit about, what's your
0: deal? What's your backstory?
1: I came to design because of my parents' I mean, originally they were unofficial designers. They had a few houses growing up and it seemed like our table was always strewn with plans and templates and all this fun stuff to look at. And I remembered like using the template and drawing apartments and (laughs) like,
0: ooh, the door swing. Oh, I lost her for a hot second. And we lost it. I'm really sorry. That's okay. It It happens. um, Yeah, so you're, you know, drawing apartments. Do you mean like they did it for fun, like they just did it, or that's what they did for a living?
1: They did not do that for a living. Um, That's cool, then. That's so weird. They just really loved it, and, you know, they would get a new house. Oh, we can design it. Okay, and then move into the house, and then... few years later get another house like they were they were really into design and decorating and they were really good at it um so i learned a lot from them and when gosh i was maybe i don't know 10 or 9 they redid my room so they let me choose the wallpaper and everything and you had wallpaper even yeah so it was just super fun describe the
0: wallpaper what did you put? Paper
1: wallpaper I chose, uh, it was confetti. I, just multicolored. I'm like, I'm so the opposite of you as far as aesthetic. Yeah. Very cool. I like pictures of colors and patterns, like my curtain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was white background with multicolored confetti.
0: Super cool. And then
1: another one was. Um, so that was in the bathroom and then there was um, kind of a grass cloth in my Ooh, bedroom. So I could awesome. kind of pin things into it. And that was fun. Oh, I love it. But, but, so it, I just from a young age, I was surrounded by it. And then it's really no surprise that I went to school for art and art history. And then I went back to school and I got an interior design degree. So I have two bachelor's degrees and you know, heavy on art, um, not so good with practical things, but it's what I love. So, Right. Um, so how
0: long have you been doing this?
1: I officially registered with the town here in 2017. And where um, is said town? In Maynard, Mass. It's like 10,000
0: people. <laughs> where is this? Oh, outside. my God. Really? 2017 was when you launched your business. Is that what you meant?
1: Yes. Like officially registered with the town.
0: And you live um, in a small town outside of Boston. Yes. My brother-in-law lives in Boston. Oh, cool. Yeah. We just in never- the city. Yeah. We, not, they, he lives in like a suburb. I can't remember what it was called. But uh, we went to visit him like in February right before this, these crazy shenanigans went down. I'm pretty sure Oh my gosh! There. I'm convinced I got COVID while I was there. I don't know. I had to tell people like his, his mom was there uh, for three months. They had a new baby. That's why we went. And right before oh. we went, they were like, Oh, everybody's sick. And I was kind of like, I don't really want to go. Like I don't, I can't afford to get sick right now. Like I don't want to get sick, but we ended up going. And the day oh that I left, gosh. I already felt it. And I had a terrible cough for like probably three weeks after that. So oh, I, Michelle. I convinced it was COVID, which is good, but I mean, I don't know that, but, but yeah, we don't know who knows. Right. But, um, I... but yeah, we love Boston. We went there last year to visit or a couple years ago too, to visit them as well. But so were you at a firm before that or anything like that? What was your, what were you doing before you launched the business?
1: After my design degree, I tried and tried and tried to get a job as an assistant. Um, we were living in Michigan. I finished my degree at um, Eastern Michigan University. Then my husband and I moved out here. Then I tried for months. I found an assistant job and I stayed there for maybe, I don't know, a year and um, I, I didn't get along so well with the designer after a while, and she seemed a little bit, I don't know,
0: crazy. Ooh, um, <laughs> we will not say what firm like, it was. No, I won't. I won't tag won't. her in this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> reference. Still, yes.
1: <laughs> um, and I worked for another designer, and it, it was a similar thing but in a different way. And I realized it seems like it's too close for comfort because it was just me and the designer. Mm -hmm. And if you really, if your personalities don't mesh, it's not going to work very well.
0: No, especially if it's just two of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I kind of learned, okay, I got to step away and figure myself out and figure out how can I do this in a better way for myself. So I took like four or five years off. I just was like, no, nope, I'm just gonna do, I got a job as a barista. And yeah. so I just did that. Uh, we raised our daughter. It was the perfect job for that time of our life. Um, Cause I could be home after my job after school for her. So it worked out well and I had a lot of time to sort of think and, and like, what am I gonna do? And at that point, when I was more serious after she'd gotten into high school, I thought, okay, I've gotta do something. And I, I knew that if I came into a firm 52 years old, <laughs> I'm a mom, I haven't stepped foot into yeah. a firm in 16 years, Hi, I'm here with my college portfolio. Like, yeah, who's going to hire that person?
0: Right. No one, well, right? and that's—I mean, I get it. That's why I started. I was like, nobody's going to hire me now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's what we—maybe so, somebody would have, but that's what you, the story we we told ourselves. So that's so that was the catalyst. You were like, which is maybe a yeah. good thing because you went on it on your own. Yeah, it was a good thing, and I got
1: involved in a design project with some friends of ours. We've got these amazing friends who live in town, and they've got seven kids. Oh, wow. And every single Wednesday, they open their home, and they make a ton of spaghetti and meatballs. And anybody they know can come and have dinner.
0: Thank God.
1: Yeah. And they've been doing that for, I don't know, 12, 13 years.
0: Like, just like a party style? Like, everybody's, come yeah. on, let's have some... just. Dis- Just open
1: house every week. I know. And um, so some friends. Every week? week? Yeah, every week they do it. Wow. Well, not now, but. Yeah, yes. yes. I hope not. Um, (laughs) And so some mutual friends who were regulars who went almost every week. They cooked up a scheme to redo their kitchen for them while they were away at their summer camp job in the summer. So oh it was God. gonna be a total surprise.
0: Oh my God, who are <laughs> these people you hang out with? They so sound like angels. <laughs> They're great people. And um,
1: so I got involved, I was like, yes, I wanna help. And I sewed um, yards and yards of fabric for like three valances for them. I recovered some chair cushions and I helped choose and install the tile backsplash behind the um the stove yeah and it was just amazing to be involved in such a huge awesome group effort
2: because like
1: the flooring guy came in and everybody who could help came and helped because we love these people so everybody was so happy to just volunteer their time and it was awesome to be a part of, and that was 2015. And that was that was the actual thing that was like, I am going to do this because I love doing it, and I love doing it for the people. So the Fitzsimmons family helped me launch my business. Really.
0: Oh my God! If they're on yeah. Instagram, when I post this, you should give me the link so I can tag them in this. If okay, you want them to hear this, but. That's the coolest story I've ever heard. Yeah. Are, is this in, in where you live now or when you yeah. were back in... The, so, like, they still kind of live near you? Yeah. They still live in the same house. And are they... Yeah. And they were still doing this, this, meat, this, this spaghetti meatball thing up until, like, oh, my God, they must be dying right now not being able to do that on the weekly if they just got, like, loved doing it so much.
1: I know. They, I think they really miss it. However... I don't know how we got into it, but they started doing, instead of the Wednesday night spaghetti nights, they started doing Wednesday night video nights. So we or meet Facebook. up with them on Facebook. I mean, not Facebook. Um, FaceTime? Oh, Zoom? Yep. okay. Whatever. Yeah. And um, so we do, we just hang out for a video chat for like two hours.
0: Oh my and God.
1: A couple other friends join. And I, like I said, I don't know how we got to be the special
0: ones to be part of that, but we did. So, oh it's my awesome. my yeah. And um, when they came home and saw their kitchen, did they freak out? Uh, fortunately, I, unfortunately, we were not there at the
1: reveal, but Denise, the wife, um, they said that her first words were, I love Maynard. <laughs> I love what Maynard our town. Oh, okay. Got it. Like, Got it. I love Maynard. I love our friends. And yeah. she was shocked. Yeah. Oh because God. we really did like, and all the people who were involved was just like, yes, yes, go, go work, work. And we worked so hard. And I think it was like five or six weeks that it took um, to wrap it up. And um, so It was also fun trying to keep it a secret. Yeah, (laughs) Um, and Fitzy found out a couple weeks before because he came home unexpectedly. (laughs) It's like, oh, "Oh." but he did keep the secret from the rest of his family. Oh
0: my god! How big is their immediate family?
1: Um, It's Fitzy and Denise, and they've got seven kids. Oh,
0: they're the that's. Jesus, they like yeah, people. A lot of people. They do. And I mean, they must be, they just sound like they must be, like, for that many people to get on board to, to do something so sweet, like, they must be just such beautiful people. So that is, yeah. that's a very cool story. So, yeah. And they really, they really like,
1: inspired me. And, like, those are the people I want to work for. Yeah. Right? Like, people who that have big, big hearts, hearts. down to earth. Let, you know, I'm not fooling around with fussy, bleh, like impressing the neighbors. No, yeah. I just need the space to function and to look beautiful for me. Yeah. So that was my total sort of concept. Like, yeah, these are the people I want to serve.
0: And how have you gotten the opportunity to attract people like that? And if so, how, how do you do that? Do you find like, what's, what helps you be able to attract those right kind of people? So here's
1: another awesome story. Um, Because I didn't go to business school, I had no idea what I was doing as far as opening an actual business. Um, Like, I, I have this entrepreneur spirit, I guess, because I jumped right in without knowing.
0: I'm so proud to have Ultralux Linens as a sponsor of the pod. I reached out to Jacqueline, who is the owner of Ultralux Linens, at the end of March to get... um a fabric quote. She replied saying, "Bear with me. We're just trying to participate in, I guess, the Michael Guerin Hospital Initiative, and it's basically a thousand mask a week initiative that they are a part of. And they're working with Maxwell Fabrics for uh, fabric donations. And they've been spending all their days sorting and packing up scrap fabrics and donating it to home seamstresses who are also going to be a part of the initiative. And the other day, she posted a photo on her Instagram saying how." Such a great start it had been. They were able to produce 1,000 per week of washable cotton masks with a filter pocket. Do I know what a filter pocket is? No, but I'm gonna, that sounds good. That sounds super helpful to our frontline workers. I wanna give a massive shout out to Jacqueline and her team, all the amazing home seamstresses. So I'll tell you what, guys, they don't only have a massive showroom, They've got massive hurts. Oh, yeah. I wrote that myself. Please do me a favor. Go find them on Instagram, Ultralux Linens. Maybe give them a little love. They're they're still doing all this, plus helping support their designers. So if you need anything from them, you can go to ultraluxlinens.com, and you can shoot them an email, and she'll be more than happy to help you. There you go.
1: I hired a coach. His name is Tad Hargrave, and he's in Edmonton, which is sort of near you, right? Well... Near, it's in the same
0: country. (laughs) Opposite (laughs) side. Obviously, I know him. Ted, we go way back. Uh, Make sure to tag him. Um, That's awesome. how did you find him? Like, where did you come up with Ted from Edmonton? My buddy, Ted. Ted. Did you say Ted or Tad? Tad. Oh, sorry, T-O-D. Tad. Sorry about that, Tad. I forgot. We're very close, but sometimes they say the name wrong. It's just a vowel.
1: (laughs) <laughs> My friend Kathy was working with him and she recommended him to me because he's a marketing coach. So, and his business is called marketingforhippies.com. I really want to give a shout out because he gave me so much information and so much goodness. And his thing is all about marketing that doesn't feel slimy or sleazy, it's like marketing from the heart. And that's another reason I was attracted to working with him. So he's very much about marketing. He's very much about thinking, brainstorming, thinking outside the box. He said when I was working with him, we were, you know, doing the client profile. Who's your ideal ideal client? We were filling that out. And um, he said to me, so where does your ideal client hang out, Nan? Like where do they like to go? And we talked about farmers markets and I said yes they definitely would go to the farmers market so he said why don't you get a booth at your farmers market and set it up like a living room oh my god and meet people that way and I said yes why don't I do that (laughs) I will do that did you you do it it? you did you're amazing that's all I've done it I've done it three years in a row now you have Um, pictures of it I have a couple of pictures of my booth. Yeah. You yeah. should send me those yeah. so that I can like okay. add them
0: when I post and share. Okay.
1: That is amazing. So, isn't that great? Because our Maynard Farmers Market is really open to any kind of business, they accepted me right away because it's I'm Maynard. Yeah. I'm a local business. I'm part of the town because they also have booths for like the massage woman, um, the. Um, essential oils person the person who makes everything from vanilla you know so it's not always food and they they have town booths as well um so like I was able to fit in and people would come up to my booth and go like what are you selling I was like well I'm not selling anything I'm just here to meet you and to tell everybody that I'm here to serve them and like just so I can meet you face-to-face, hand you a piece of paper with all my stuff on it, give you a card, and um, then <laughs> the year after, somebody gave me the idea to bring some furniture, and then the idea morphed into bringing dollhouse furniture, so now I do that. Like I have an extra table, and I, I bring a lot of dollhouse furniture, and I set it up, and people play with it but most of the time it's kids who are attracted to it so they come over and they go, oh look at this oh, furniture
2: <laughs> and then the mom kids comes over, over.
1: yeah <laughs> and the mom comes over oh, do you sell this furniture do you make this no i don't make this this is from my childhood and i just thought people could show me their problems and we could do some space planning fun things with it and um, so then I get to start talking with the parents so it's actually quite a good draw like oh the furniture Um, but it relates though and I did actually have a couple of people who used it that way like oh my sofa's here and I've got a really long room and blah 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 and so we could play around with the little pieces Um, but yeah I love doing the farmer's market because it's just local it's your everybody's friendly yeah. yeah yeah and i've gotten a lot of clients from that
0: that is amazing yeah. so like yeah. tell me what other great nuggets tad gave you <laughs> I'm <on this> <laughs> I, when i look over here there's like a monitor i'm looking at so i found them and oh, uh good. Yeah, what other cool nuggets that is so like nothing i've ever heard before so i'm sure you know another gold you might want to share with everybody let's see um
1: he gave he's got he's got an amazing way of writing so he really helped us learn how to write really clearly and how to write to the person and I mean I've heard this before I'm sure you've heard this before like you write as if you're writing to a friend yeah um and and I think that holds true and it's also about Revealing yourself in the process, Mm -hmm. you know, like finding out what does the client want and speak to that. Yeah, and write to that. It's about them. It's not about me. Like my, you know, my website, everything. Like it tells what I do, but the point is to speak to the client, right? You know, so they can see
0: themselves in our writing. Absolutely. So you, you started working with him like pretty much right away when you decided to launch your business, you went and worked with a coach. How long did you work yeah. with him for?
1: I think it was about a year and a half. Um, I signed up for his mentorship program. That's the program I did. He's got a lot of different programs, some shorter. And the mentorship program was, I think, originally supposed to be six months, but I ended up Continuing on with him because I didn't finish the workbook right away, and yeah. it was just very helpful to feel like I was more complete with the work, and just to keep going forward with him. And um, yeah, so I think it was about a year. It might have been maybe a little more than a year.
0: And um, you were saying that you know during this cra- like you've you've been impacted by what's going on, like. What's happened with your projects? Where, did you have a bunch of projects on the go and then all of a sudden this happens and, and what's what's kind of transpired as a result of it for you?
1: Yeah, the I had four clients who were all in person at the time, like, you know, end of February kind of timeframe. And two of them had gotten as far as deciding on the upholsterer that they wanted to use. And we were... Just about to go to the upholsterer and start sifting through fabrics and figuring this out, and then everything closed. So, those people are on hold, um, but at least they got as far as making that decision. Mm-hmm. So, we know where to go yeah. when things open again. Yep. Um, another client was in the process of finding furniture. I was able to scoot in under the time frame and I. I did their in-home meeting the first meeting um, so I was able to see their house and everything and that was really great because then I could work with them I I've just been working with them online finding you know what it be find rug um, side table and a couple of lamps and they already had their um, coffee table so uh, finding small things that she could order, but um, I don't know what to do with the sofa. So that that kind of brings me to like, can you really order those things online? I mean, people do, but mm. now so it's stalled. So yeah. mm, it's kind of frustrating.
0: It is frustrating. So I know for me, like the with with regards to if I'm working with any clients right now virtually, I will not order furniture at all yeah heard of it um the way I've approached e-design which I haven't done very much so full disclosure I don't really have the answers but I'm just gonna tell you my thoughts and feelings because I have yeah put together some thinking and I have put together like a couple proposals for clients who actually approached me for e-design which I don't normally do but then what happened was this happened and then I thought well maybe I'll offer it but every time I give them my pricing um they ghost which is fine whatever Um, um But uh, but basically, the way I approach e-design is I'm going to do your floor plan. I basically tell them that I am, and I'll try to pull it up, actually. I just tell them that I am, it's directional. So you can order all the things I give you, but you need to know that by us working virtually, there's a huge piece of the puzzle missing, which is you or me being able to go look at the fabrics. I can't unless I'm getting samples sent to me, which is fine, we can do that, but not all places do that, especially retail. I can't validate colors. I can't validate, um, you know, the comfort level, the quality level. So I I just basically say to them it's, um, and I, and I actually, I'm just trying to find it right now, but I basically just say in my contract and, and in my proposal that, you know, full service, this is what you get me helping you make the right decisions all the way through. If we do e-design, there is a trade-off to that. And the trade-off is, I cannot guarantee the end results, whether it be that the fabrics match. Like there is work that you have to do on your end. You have to, yeah. If you're going to order a sofa, then you need to order a sofa that you can return if you're not happy with it. But you have to make that call and you have to make that decision. And I am not, like I won't even provide the offer, the service to order for them. If I'm not involved to in the whole process, I've just eliminated that completely because I just think it's too much liability. That's an awesome attitude gonna, though. I love that. You know what it's, I think it's just been, um, I just feel like I've gotten burned enough times and I'm just gonna, I'm pulling up my contract to pull out a good bit of the verbiage that I yeah. include to help. Like, I just feel like clients, I feel like it, clients need to realize that if you're not we're not, I know granted we're doing e-design because we have this situation and it's not because they've chosen to do this. But if you're choosing to move forward now during this time, then you need to know there's a trade-off because we can't do the regular process that we're going to do. And that's a choice they have to make and decide what is important to them. And if that is a, a a risk that they want to take, but it isn't on me, you know? Right. Just like, if a client decides to, they don't want to pay for full service because it costs too much, but they want to do like I don't normally do virtual, but I do if and when I choose. I pick and choose when what I call is a DIY. Then yeah. you need to know that there is a trade-off to you deciding that you can't get the same end result as full service. Like it, and it's just like, and I just try to make it very clear that they can't. And I I try to do my best to articulate that without scaring them off. But I'm I'm sorry, I'm still trying to find. Ever since I got my um, loaner laptop, a lot of my websites don't like remember things properly. So it's like my Google Drive is being weird. Yes. I need to like blah, blah, blah. But um, so basically like I have a section in my, it's just loading. I have a section in my virtual contract, which is called The Limitations and it's just like things like we can't guarantee the same final results as the projects featured on our website because those represent me being there every step of the way i can't give you so like if you're doing e-design or diy design you need to be the type of person who can make decisions because i cannot give you every single nuanced detail and decision it is a vision it's a direction, but it's not every single answer. I love that.
1: That's so great, Michelle. I mean, it's is it great? Really I don't know. Clear. I haven't really
0: sold any. <laughs> and I'm not, like, I'm not trying to, but for me, it's like my biggest thing with I struggle and why I never want to do e design is because I'm I'm like a people pleaser and I'm an over deliverer and I'm a me too. Like, every single bit of answer, like I want to give them everything, mm-hmm. and it's hard. You can't do that and and give them a like. If I'm giving you like, if I'm saying I'm going to do 10 hours, like I can't give you all the answers. So you need to know that you need to be able to look at a floor plan and an inspiration of a piece of furniture that I'm telling you, and you can buy what I gave you, but you need to know that I did not validate the rug because I sourced it online. And I say, I only allow half hour of sourcing per piece. Mm -hmm. I said, this is supposed to be affordable. So I only source for a half hour. I'm going to show you what I found. But if you don't like it, you now know what to look for. That's great. And so I just, it's like, you want to look for something around this size, something that is leggy, something that also has wood. Maybe because the furniture is sitting in the middle of the room, I want you to make sure that the back has something interesting and it looks good from the back. Like I tell them stuff like that. Um, And then I just say like, what else do I have on here? You know, we source everything online. I don't see the fabrics in person. I can't validate fabrics work together. (laughs) Because Perfect. my computer looks different than your computer, right? right. Everybody's monitor is calibrated differently. So nobody That's has right. a true representation of the color. Um, I also say if you wait too long to order something, it might get on back order. You're going to have to find something new to replace it with. That's right. Um, you know, you want to know how to order online. you got to pay attention to... Uh, you need to find out what the policies are. Can they return them if they can't? That mm-hmm. is on you. Like, I just try to cover my butt anywhere I can. But virtual design, I'm basically, I'm, I'm more like prefacing it as a, this is a vision. It is not a firm, like you can execute the furniture I source, but you also have, like you have to do your due diligence to make sure that that is the right decision for you. And right. if it's not, then you have to find a replacement kind of thing. Like I said, I, I haven't like I that. Sold any of them, but it's helped me be able to like manage expectations, which I just always, what I've learned is this business is all about managing expectations. And I prefer, and I got to work on how to still make things sound appealing without scaring people off. Yeah. But I just don't, I, I just don't, I need people to like, you are not going to have the perfect room at the end of an e-design. Yeah. I wasn't there the whole time. Right. Unless you're an amazing executor, which maybe you are, but you're not going to. And if you want the perfect room, you got to hire me full, full service. Right, right. And
1: we just have to wait
0: until, yeah. <laughs> totally. And I'm just kind of going like, there's some people who have reached out and I say, I had somebody reach out wanting thinking about help for their, their moving into their home on May, May 14th. And she was like, we were hoping to get paint. I'm really uncomfortable picking paint as well. So that's, again, I'll yeah. give you ideas. Right. But you have to put them on the wall and make sure they work. Exactly. Because you're not there to, to, you have to see it in the space. Yeah. It's kind of just like, you're just giving them a list of like really popular paint colors that have worked well for you that helped them. It's kind of like, that's really all it is. It's not, I know this is going to work, but it's like, you know, what's a really good route? Like, try classic gray Benjamin Moore because that has worked really well for me. Um, but here's maybe three to try. Um, and it's like probably nothing they couldn't find on their own Googling. Like it's all the same like stuff most designers use. If like, you know. Yes. But it's just helping them like make better decisions. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, and and so yeah, she was like, maybe, you you know, can you help pick that before we move in? And I just... You know, she sent me some photos and I said, you know, I feel like I can give you a great floor plan, but only after you move in and you give me measurements per the, I give them exactly how to send me measurements, but only if you, once you're there and we can also FaceTime so you can show me things so I can get a feel for it. I think we could definitely come up with a floor plan and we could even be sourcing, but it would be directional sourcing and things might not be open. So I just like, that's for them to decide again. And a lot of people just keep saying, like, you know, a lot of places aren't open, so maybe I'm just going to wait. That's just kind of okay. like, the result for me, which right. is fine. I feel like saying, like, I might not offer this service when life is back to normal, but so it's kind of like a – I'm trying to use that as a benefit of, like, why you might want to do it now because it's a limited offering. But, but yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I was sort of thinking that myself because I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I do an e-design package? And, I, I mean I, – I'm sure I can do it. But like you said, that piece of it for me was like, well, how do I handle the upholstered pieces? Like, you know. I know. Yeah. Cause it's so important. I mean, they're huge purchases, so they yep. have to be right. Um and, but I really like yeah. sorry, I like what you wrote in your contract that just makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I mean I feel like the the for me. And it sounds like for you too, like, it sounds like you're a details person yeah. and you're not just like, you want to see the upholstery in person, compare it to your rug, compare yes. it to the paint that's, and some designers are good at not working that way. Like there's just different ways people work in different levels of detail. I'm pathological with details <laughs> and like, yes. I don't feel comfortable providing advice to somebody without a huge caveat disclaimer in Mm -hmm. a virtual scenario and it's like at the end of the day people like I, I think there was one lady this was before all this happened where it's it's kind of like clients just have decisions to make and it's understanding what do they value most do they just want do they want the best design and it's kind of up to us to figure out and it's something I've been really realizing lately probably since I talked to Um, Blair Ends, which was a a pricing expert and understanding like, well, first of all, understanding as a business, what you want to offer and what is your like lowest threshold of offering and what, Mm -hmm. you you know, that is important for sure. And then, but knowing that for some clients, there's a diminishing return, of what they want to invest in and what that is important to them. So if you tell them for me to do, this is going to be $10,000 in design services. Well, they don't value the end results to that degree, but uh, uh, give me the perfect floor plan and give me some direction on the furniture to buy. And that smaller package, giving me a space that was at least better than what I would have done. And maybe like, their standards are different, you know, yeah, it's huge is is really wall that they want, so the one client I was gonna just go do a really intensive um consultation when I gave her a quick uh, like this is what it would cost to do the whole house and it was kind of like, Ew. and I said, okay, or we can do this or we can do this and and I said, for you sometimes clients can't decide and they just it's like. You need to real. you need to figure out, do you want to do something fast? Because that was another thing was if you want me to pick all your furniture, that's going to be six to eight weeks and you're not going to get that when you move in, you need like, they need to decide what do they value speed, cost, perfect end results. And depending on that, then you know, like whether or not you can deliver it. And you know, if speed is number one, but they also want it done completely. Well, I can't help you. I right that way right yeah
1: right and then it's a no
0: and then it's not a fit which is totally fine it's way better to figure that out early that's definitely yeah. what I've realized yes that's another thing that tad taught us a
1: lot about like you know it has to be a fit if it's not it's still okay you know it's yeah. okay for it not to be a fit it's okay for you not to accept a certain job
0: yep Absolutely. because when you do
1: it's not a fit it, it will make your life hell so which is worse yeah not having that project money or working with someone that you can't really stand
0: exactly you know? and also now that person you can't really stand is taking up time in your calendar for somebody who could have been amazing yep yeah Yep. yeah it's hard so though. I mean I just I worked with a lot of like I made I just feel like I made so many mistakes early on Work like undercharging was the biggest thing and, you know, not understanding how much, right? yes. Which is great because now I'm like, now I realize, but now I feel like I'm oversensitive to it. So maybe mm. I go too far. I was thinking the other day when I was coming up with like the virtual packages and I'm like trying to get it right. What's the right number? Like what's the... And then I thought, you know what? This is a weird time right now. Just give yourself permission to get it wrong like you did in your first year and you learned a lot of shit. <laughs> and then fix it, you know, when you get it wrong. Right. Just fix it the next time.
1: It's, right. And it's also okay to change your prices. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's your business, so mm-hmm. you can change the prices. It's all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally... <laughs> under charge I still do um but it goes back to the like but the Fitzsimmons are the people I want to serve and they have seven children and they don't have a giant budget so like if if they're my ideal client then I'm kind of screwed but at the same time I think it's more of the spirit of it so you know I have been able to yeah to find clients who will pay
0: and I think it's finding like how can you make it work so that you're not yes. working for free? Like, I think you can help. I think you might've frozen and you're still there. Okay. You're back. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, understanding what lights us up is really important. And it sounds like, you know yeah. what that is, but you, you know how there are ways to make that work in a way that, you know, you, you change the scope of what you deliver. I'm going to give you an amazing floor plan. I'm going to give you amazing direction for the furniture to find on your own. And maybe then you call me when you find all those pieces and I help you, you know, yay or nay, you know, and it's maybe you're not doing full service for that type of client, but you can still give them amazing value at a place that makes sense for you so that you're not, you know, running yourself dry to make ends meet because you've, you know, you're, giving full service maybe where they can't afford truly full service.
1: Yes. And I'm over giving. Right. So, yeah, I love that though, because um, it does have to do with, you know, what services do you provide and how long do they take you, you know? Mm -hmm. And if I'm, and that was another thing um, that I learned early on in the coaching. I don't know if it was from Tad, but um, at any rate, I was taught to figure out what is it that I love doing in design and so do that. Yeah. And don't what do, do you the love other doing? stuff. I love the combining the colors and the patterns. So I love coordinating all of the color schemes. I love space planning. Um, so.
0: Space planning is great. I think that's yes. a great service that you can, you can provide to people with like low risk that can add such value in a way that can set somebody who maybe doesn't have a huge budget off for such success. And then like you said, the color too, being able to think about color and it's like now they know how to work within a box to make decisions from.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, so I based
1: my business on those things. And I also knew early on, I figured out early on that, I didn't want to have a team of people. I didn't want to have responsibility for renovations. I didn't want to start knocking walls down, even though the space planning for that is so super fun. Yeah. But on the other end, I just, to be totally honest, I didn't want that responsibility. You know, I didn't want to be, you know, liable. Yeah. For any sort of, because then what? Like,
0: what if their, what if their house falls down or whatever? And truth be told, to to take on that, you you have to be working with clients who can pay you the right amount of money so that exactly you're profitable enough to take on liability. But if you're not getting paid enough money, taking on liability is just a terrible, terrible decision for sure. It's exactly funny to say that because aside from the liability part, I have been like thinking about this a lot lately about what lights me up, and I've done some renovations lately, which has been great. But furnishing and styling, the styling is like really exhausting. But I'm, I keep thinking like I just got to get myself an inventory so that I, it's easier for me to pull and make more money from it. But yes. I really feel like I am more, I'm, I'm more lit up on the like decorating, styling side of things. Like that yeah. is what I love. Me too. And I feel like it's, it's great because there's not a lot of people who just do that really.
1: And like, I think like it's also got yes, and I think it's it's gotten a bad rap, hasn't it? Yeah. Like, ooh, you're a decorator. Like it's not yeah. as valid as being a designer. And okay, so maybe the decorator didn't get a four year degree in design. Or me, but yeah. Okay. Or any. Yeah. yeah. But okay, so maybe she's really good at doing this.
0: Yeah. Well you know, I miss, like exactly. And I think like, I mean, Lauren Lees, if I'm pronouncing her last name right, like she calls herself an interior decorator. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to say Emily Henderson was a stylist, which is kind of like, truth be told, I look at Emily Henderson's business and I'm like, that is the type of business I would love. She basically just creates spaces for content, and I feel like she just has brands that approach her to create content through oh. interiors. She she wrote a whole blog about it. I should find it and link it up for those of people who haven't read it. She basically talks about how she completely changed her business not to work with clients like residentially anymore because how? of how difficult... She, I, look, I don't want to put the wrong words. I can't remember the reason, but she basically just transformed her business. And I hope I'm I'm not making up a bunch of lies right now in the details, but, and, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately. She, she's like a, she was a TV personality dream right here. Like, and she's like become just a brand and she creates content. She seems to to create spaces that are on her terms and like what she loves. And yeah, like, that is my dream. I I need to get her on my podcast. Yes, you know, do. Getting her on my podcast, but um, but yeah, and she. I feel like that. I mean, she's done a lot of renos, but she. Yeah, they just basically buy like their own homes and and transform them and turn it into content. <laughs> oh, that would be so content. fun, right? Oh, I know, <laughs> I know. To not have a client, like if you could just do your whole career, be like. Your business be you creating spaces on your terms and somehow you get to make money doing that. Yes, I know. That would be fantastic. Because I can't even do it on my own because I don't have any money to do it on my own in my own house right now. It's like I hit a wall. I hit a wall. I know. It's like
1: the um the cobbler without any shoes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know my Absolutely. home is a similar thing. Yeah. Like, okay, so these curtain, you can see this curtain. Yep. But what you can't see is all of the shredding at the top because they're 20 years old and they've been sitting in the sun every single day. And so the fabric
0: is like, yeah, barely holding together up. There. Yeah, <laughs> it's disintegrating but before you, our very eyes. You can't yeah. see that. So, no, I can't you know. see it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's so hard. And then it and you know, you do it all day for other people. And it's not like we love it. But also we need a break. You know, yeah. you need a break um yeah so have you done any virtual design since all of this yet like how's that gone no I
1: haven't I'm, I'm just in the middle of of like writing a sales page writing what I would put in the package so I'm getting very close though because um have you heard of design files
0: yeah on my last yeah. episode we we chatted about that Mm-hmm. which i need to listen to i've listened to she talked think, a lot about e-design by the way it might be a good one to listen with to val yeah go check out her yeah. website too. she has a series of um uh what do you call it packages one yes. how are you going to promote the the packages so <laughs> or whatever you the, want to call it. i know um
1: i'm not sure tad could help me with this part but anyway i can promote my package through design files. I understand. Um, They've got like, you can shoot your questionnaire out to your email list. You can get a widget for your website so that, and I'm not exactly sure how that works, Um, but they've got different options within design files for you to do promotions. And then I just thought I would, slap it up on my Facebook page and maybe put something on my Instagram account. Like, And do you oh, have an email list? Or?
0: I have an email list. Great. I think I have like 37 people. Well, and so. I've seen there are people who like at some point in time reached out for work. Yeah. I just, I think, I feel like this is my advice. I don't think you should overthink the packages. I think you should just start saying... I'm now considering virtual services, contact me to talk. Let people call you and tell you what they need and come up with a price based on what they need. Cause you're probably gonna come up with a bunch of stuff that's, you're gonna take a bunch of time to make a bunch of things and people are gonna call you and say, well, I actually just need this. So it's just like a stall tactic almost like, well, I'm trying to put oh. together. Just, just say, like, it's, it's basically like, see if people even bite before you put in any effort to create a package yes and, and just just say I'm now offering virtual service schedule a call here call them what do you need great we'll just put something together to email you back and let you know what that might look like if you need time to come up with it and oh, I it love that to me anytime I, I anytime I've sat down to come up with a package I've taken hours to figure it yeah. out I email my email list nobody does anything so no. it's a waste of time, <laughs> and I know. And so, just just tell them as you you're offering a service. Have them tell you, and and that's what I'm planning on doing. I'm just it just even just do like a like a 30 minute call, a free 30 minute consultation. We're gonna look at your space. We're gonna talk about it, and then at the end, you know, it, it's not a hard sell. People, if they want more, they're gonna ask for it anyway. Right? Say like, here's yeah, I can do that, that, and that for you. If you, if you did want more help, like, let me know. And and I'm happy to let you know what that might look like. But I pretty much every time I've tried to put packages together all for naught. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea
1: because it is kind of, I don't want to really say seat of the pants, but it is kind of seat of the pants, you know, because of, okay, whoa,
0: switching course now. Okay. What do we do? Okay. You well, might find out people don't want what you think they want. So yeah. it's kind of like market research. It's like letting the people in your, telling them, call me for this service and letting them tell you what stuff they want. You might notice trends after that, then put together yeah. a package. That's a great idea. Might, might I love that. So I could just put it like an announcement. 100%. Like if you're on Facebook, on your you could do it on your yeah. personal page too, if you want mm-hmm. just say... You know what, during these times, I think in, a, in your neighborhood, you might even say like, I'm offering free 30 minute virtual consultations, absolutely no sales pitch at all. Yeah, we just talk the, the exchange for that is they have to give like you're going to get their email so that they're in your email list. And then you mm-hmm. can add them to for like, and then, you know, they had a great experience, even if they do anything, then if you send it, you know, maybe a year from now, it turns into something, but you're going to have them in your email list to, you know, yeah, do whatever. But, um, but yeah, I'm planning on doing that. I just haven't had, like, I, I've been trying to work my way through some other projects that had already started. Um, it's mm-hmm. all just virtual type work, but um, I actually talked to a guy who I did his podcast a while ago and he was offering 30 minute, how like, like business coaching, um, services. And it was a similar concept where I just called him. He was actually hanging out in Mexico. They're stuck in Mexico. He's just living in like a villa. He's got like his own little, like whatever. And he talked to me for 30 (laughs) minutes and he did not pitch me after, but I know I'm probably going to get an email from him at some point in time. Right. But, and he just said, yeah, just offer, you know, just, Set up a, like, how many do you want to do a week? And you can shut it down whenever, just say it's limited mm-hmm. time. But you'll feel good because it sounds like I feel like you'd feel good giving help to somebody. Yeah. What room in your house right now that you're stuck in, could you use a bit of advice? Give the free advice. And then, and then you can add them to your email list. And then they, some people might want more, which right. they ask you for more anyway. People who are potentially going to pay you would ask you, well, what if I wanted some more help? You know? Right.
1: Yeah, Right. And that's often has, that has often happened to me um, because I broke up my service into the first hour, which is finding, so I call it the power hour. Mm-hmm. So we find the color scheme, the style that you want and what you're going to do with your furniture. Like what is staying, what is going, what do you need to fill in with? Um, so we figure out those three things in the power hour. And I do that in person and I prepare ahead of time. I do a Pinterest file for them, and I get some possible style images for them to look at while I'm there. And then we, she, she will choose like one or two of those images that she likes the best. So we'll kind of use those as inspiration. Um, but then they have the opportunity to just pay me for that ninety nine dollars, and that's it. Yep if they want to go on and do the things themselves, because now yep. they know what their style is, what their color is and what furniture they need.
0: Absolutely. Um, and sounds some like people a have great, done that. Yeah. That sounds like a, that sounds like something that you could turn into a virtual service for sure. Yeah. Another thing he told me that I thought was great advice was, um, Like if you, which I I was, again, I haven't sat down. I feel like, I don't know how long this is going to go on for, but um, he basically said, okay, you do the free 30 minute virtual consultation and then you can, you know, they're now on your email list. You can follow it up with like additional services. And he basically said, it was a very different way to think about it. Approach it where you're collaboratively working on the room. Now this is a different type of client. This is not ever a full service client. So this is for people who are legit virtual type, like, you know, low, lower budget. Um, But a collaborative approach where you, you say, okay, after that 30 minute consultation uh, we're going to, you can buy a package, which is every week we're going to meet. I almost give you homework and you approach it kind of like if you were to put out like a course And how you could take somebody through a course. So it's like, you could do like an initial 30 minute call. Then you could say, okay, whatever you do in your power hour, like turn it into like snippets in a week by week. Well, okay. Your homework after this is to do X, Y, Z. If you want me to be a part of like, every week you do your homework, we're going to review it. I'm going to give you feedback on that. (laughs) tell you what you've done maybe not so good and what you'd change. Um, this is what that cost looks like. And then it's just every week you give them like, this is your homework. They do your homework. You meet, you discuss it. Maybe they've picked a sofa. Maybe they've, you know, did it. I don't know what it looks like. Um, Or they've done a floor plan and you've like, tell them what they might change. So it's like a, it's a collaborative way to the end result. And also it's the, this is now I'm just kind of, this is coming to me as we're talking. It's a really fun thing to do while being stuck at home for people like right it's it's something exciting to do every week
1: that is so true and it also gives them direction because Mm -hmm. you know people who are not familiar with with decorating or redoing a room whatsoever they're overwhelmed yeah well what do I do first yeah how do I even do this and then they shut down and they don't get anything done yeah right
0: yeah it's human
1: nature I think
0: 100%
1: the confused
0: mind says no so yeah like it's it's like you take your process and you turn it into weekly um so okay for example action steps exactly but they're doing what your process would be and then you're reviewing their work and consulting them on their work so I created like an email course and I used to do a workshop where I took people through like how to plan your decorating project before you ever start sourcing anything so it was like step one figure out your style like yeah whatever it was I'm going on memory step two was you know determine your budget and helping them Mm -hmm. how figure out how to do that uh create a floor plan um create like figure out how you want to use like whatever that was I can't remember but um but it's like so week one would be okay your homework this week we just talked about your space I'm going to give you like a list of I want you to search all of these styles on Pinterest and I want you to pin all, yeah. the things that you love, and let's try to identify the style that you love, and then we're gonna go. Okay, the now we're gonna at the end of week one, we're gonna determine the the visual like the de- direction of of your room and your space, whatever. Week two, like whatever you want it to be like, or maybe it's like you're gonna figure out your style and come up with a budget, whatever. Like however long we want the thing, and what is the end like? Yeah. you're gonna have at the end. He what he said to me too was, I think he said. You want, again, this is just advice he gave me, and it, I, I thought it was a really cool idea during this time. Um, for, on so many levels, I'm realizing this now, because I feel like it's a really fun thing to do during a really shitty time of, like, being stuck at home. Um, but he said what you want is you want them to have something that they have done and completed at the end of it. So yeah. you create, you, at the end of it, you determine your budget, you determined your floor plan, i'm just coming up with whatever it might be. You determined your style and now you know what size furniture you should be looking for yep. and that was like the deliverable at the end of us working together. And it's i guess it's figuring out like you know, how long should you work with somebody for and what do you want to accomplish at the end of it and what are your week two weeks that you could do. I don't know. I'm kind of like excited about the idea, and it's been something I that, am
1: too, Michelle. I That's an awesome it.
0: idea. <laughs> know, I'm That's going to look to see what awesome else he said. Because to, um, I, I took notes when we chatted. I'm just trying to figure out um, what else he said. But I mean, it's it is it's a really interesting idea. It's particularly like it's an idea for working with, or even for you. Like if you're saying on an ongoing basis, if you're like my ideal client, like I'm not willing to budge on my ideal client. I want to feel amazing working with amazing, good-hearted people. And it doesn't need money. It's a really cool way to maybe come up with like fun, interesting ways to work with them. Um, like just for the people listening, like, I'm not saying this is how you might work with somebody who like has a $200,000 budget that they eventually want you to furnish for them, obviously. But, um, what was his name? His, I shouldn't remember. I can't remember. I can't find it right now, but, um, but yeah, it was a really cool idea. Like the way he, I had not thought about it that way before. I love it. I love it
1: because it gives. So first of all, I feel like clients who couldn't afford to spend $200,000. Um, or even 20,000, you know, exactly. Um, they, I think, are a little more open to DIY. Like yep. they're a little more open to, okay, well, what can I do myself to save some money so that I can get this done? Mm-hmm. You know, so they're, I think they're more open already. So having a course like, okay, here's what you need to do. Yep. This thing, and then this thing, and that gives them, oh, okay, so I can actually do some things and it gives them agency.
0: Yeah. And they learn so that they can right. repeat the process again and again. Yeah. Or another and room. Direction. Yeah. Right. As so opposed so that- to just going, here's your floor plan and here's your furniture. Right. Go buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And so then it's broken down for them and it no longer becomes a scary, overwhelming idea.
0: Mm-hmm. What it might be cool for you to do is uh, figure out what that could look like by saying, I'm offering free 30-minute consultations. Find out at the end of it, maybe what you do, you collect their emails and you try to find out what of like, you know, I could offer a service like this, but you want it to be something that you reuse. So like you have a week by week um, protocol, course term, whatever eventually you could turn it into an uh, an actual virtual course. But like, so that like client one, you're not redoing what are you doing every week. You use the same process for each client. Yes. The changes is your collaborative like review of what they've done. But yeah, after that consultation, saying and sending an email survey that says, you know, what of the following five things would you be most interested in getting help on? And hopefully oh. of five people, because like, let's be real, we're probably like, we're not going to have mass survey responses. But if of five people, three say the same thing, create that first. And then, and yeah. though, and just he, another thing he did say to me is like, don't create the whole thing before. Just whoever you get first as the client, oh make God. the week on the spot, send it to them. Then when they work on that, get the next week going. Like, don't wait for it to be done before starting. Just do it tweak it you know because
1: as you go I love that because then it takes all of the like like you said the hours of time spent making it into a perfect little thing yeah and then you know like it's all perfect and it all yeah. fits in this rectangle
0: <laughs> and, and then it okay, never so ends what? up being perfect because right. like, you you create perfection and then you use it and then you realize it wasn't perfect ahead of change no, this was not the way it works. So doing it in yeah. real time, and as long as you deliver, you know, on the week, like yeah. you don't want to be fire festival where you promise something and not deliver. <laughs> but, uh, which I get, I get, I yes. get the fire festival. Like a lot of people do talk about like selling something, a product before it's actually been made because you want to validate the fact that there is a demand for it. That is like a legitimate like business strategy. But you know, you obviously don't, you need to deliver, otherwise you're- Yeah, yeah.
1: In order to keep doing it, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and it could even be like an entry, like beta version where the price is a little lower as you're trying to work your way through it and you do it once and then it just, you know, you tweak it to be better next time and the price goes up, but you call it beta version right now, it's at a reduced rate or something, I don't even know, but.
1: I am a huge fan of beta testing because um, that was another thing that Tad taught us so my first client who I met at the farmer's market, I did her living room for free because I wanted to learn, okay, so what's going to be involved? Yep. You know, so I did it for free. And she, I love Heather so much. Yeah. <laughs> because she gave me a chance. Yeah. And I have to say, I love how her living room turned out and she does as well. So it was, it was totally worth not getting paid for that. I have to say mm-hmm. you learned because a lot. It, yeah, it and gave me an end result that you loved. Yes. So portfolio yeah, <laughs> before and after. And that's all I asked of her. Like I just want to be able to come back at the end and talk about it a little bit. And then can I use my pictures of your room on my website? Yeah. Yes, of course. So, I mean, that was a huge way to learn a lot and to get a bit of a footing like to feel a little more stable yeah so and the the um with the design files I also did a beta test with a friend of mine she pretended to be a client so that I could go through the design files process and see what that was like and also so I could track my hours for the Mm -hmm. design
0: yeah so like
1: okay how long am I going to spend? And I really tried to do it as quickly as possible. So, you know, I did everything. She gave me measurements and it was all online. I sourced like 14 things for her. It was like a totally empty room. So I did a lot of work and it ended up being 12 to 13 hours of, of actual working time. Yeah. So that's not too bad um, no, for the first good. go. Um, but I couldn't have done that if I didn't have Tracy on the other end, you know, as my pretend client. Yeah. So that was hugely helpful too. So now I've got a kind of an idea. Okay. So 15 hours at the most. And as I do them, I'm assuming that I'm going to be doing them. I'll get faster. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So I love the beta test. It really helps you learn.
0: Absolutely, for me yeah. the beta tests were just uh, wildly undercharging, and <laughs> that, that was a disaster. Oh <laughs> no! So learning right, and it's that's yeah. It's so funny. It's like I, like I was saying, I just I keep reminding myself, like, stop getting so crazy about estimating the right hours. Like, if you screw it up, you screw it up, and you'll fix it next time. Like, you did a whole year of this, and maybe two years of wildly undercharging lose, and but you still had you had a great first couple of years like you got clients you know just don't overthink it just send it out and it, that's how you're going to learn whether or not you did a flat fee that was not big enough like it wasn't the right number you just got to do it <laughs> yeah just get, yeah so, you get burned though and like you feel burnt out and you, I just get like, I'm like oversensitive almost. So I'm like over correcting. Yes. Yeah. This is at times, but so, all right. Well, this ended up, I mean, <laughs> I scheduled it for 30 minutes, oh not because God. I thought it would be, but I just was like, I don't know. Like, well, I don't know how long we'll talk. And I don't want anybody to feel pressure and talk to me longer than they want to. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, tell everybody where they can follow you. Like, where do you hang out on social media, your website, all of that good stuff?
1: My website. So, my business is called Groovy Home. Mm-hmm. The website address is mygroovyhome.com. Are you on Instagram? Um, nan.groovyhome, I think, is what it is. And we'll link I'm, it. So, I'm not on a lot, and don't expect the perfectly designed Instagram page. Cause I started by like, Oh, I've got, you know, three or four or five pictures that would be good to post. And so I started just posting them and then not all visible, but like behind, if you know what I'm saying. So like one post. Yeah. Yep. So it's not all completely visible when you open the page. It's, inside each one are more pictures
0: yeah I don't know what the terminology is yeah it's like the swipe so you have more than one photo I and I stopped doing that because I was like well I don't want to waste all my photos on one post I want to I'm gonna and it kills me sometimes it kills me I'm like no I'm gonna wait because I need more content I'm gonna wait and post it as a new post because I don't want to you know get it all out there right away and then I have nothing to post which is hard finding things to post is hard Right. I I find that too. So like
1: a lot of my posts are like nature scenes and tablescapes. Yeah. I just try to,
0: whatever inspires me, even if I don't have a new project, Mm -hmm. I've been just trying to post furniture that I like maybe in a a style that I might enjoy. I I feature a lot of artists just because I like to support artists and I love art. I noticed that. I think that's great. It's great for content because I just get other people to like started featuring them on my blog. So they just answer my questions and then I don't have to write a blog post it's great <laughs> that's but, awesome yeah um well I you got to keep me posted on what ends up happening with your e-design stuff and if you do okay anything, where you land on that good luck to okay. you
1: I, I was just gonna say I want to say thank you so much for your podcast because I've been listening to it now almost every time I go for a walk which is almost every oh, day got <laughs> so <you> now, right <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Thank you. And yeah, so I was so excited on the um, second to last one, I think, is when you said, I'm doing the COVID conversations, so sign up. So I did. I was so excited <laughs> that I got
0: to sign up for that. I got a couple now, so I'm excited. <laughs> Good. I posted it in my Facebook group, hopefully, because sometimes I do stuff and then nobody really does anything with it. And it's the same thing, right, which is why we can't put too much effort into an idea, because... And I done too much effort on that, and then nobody booked. You know, yes, it's just a bunch of wasted effort, right? Right, so well, I know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, I appreciate you scheduling the time, and I'm actually very excited to post this. I think this was like a really good, kind of like different angle of a conversation. And oh, awesome! Tell who who were your your spaghetti and meatball friends.
1: Oh, those are the Fitzsimmons.
0: Tell them I said hello live, and that I, I will. Wish I could enjoy a meatball, plate of meatball spaghetti, also known as spaghetti and meatballs, one day. And, and often
1: it's um the nickname for it is Sketty Night. Sketty <laughs> night. Skitty.
0: Well, I hope Sketty Night slash virtual <laughs> hangout night continues. John Fitzsimmons oh. He's a famous singer
1: around here, so I don't know, you could Google him and and listen to him online, I'm sure.
0: Oh my God, amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. All right, lady, well, thank you so much. Have an awesome day. I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Bye. How awesome was Nan? I'm really, really enjoying these COVID conversations. They're just kind of like, don't know what you're going to get. You just kind of have a call, see where it goes. Uh, On the same token, I've done a few Facebook Live versions of this, which... And by a few, I mean one, and I've got a bunch more booked, but I do think that for the foreseeable future, after those that are already pre-booked are done, I'm just going to set a, a time in the week uh in podcasts where I'm going to go live and basically people can join me to have a conversation. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but basically you can add people to the, the live conversation so that questions can be asked and we can just chat and basically we can take turns. So I'm thinking of just basically doing like a, a live Q&A, live chat, live whatever, doesn't matter, topic can be whatever we want it to be. And I'm going to see if that works as opposed to booking specific people each week. I think that just might be a better way to do it and a more recurring way to do it. So if you want to participate, you do need to be in the Facebook group and to join, you can go to Real Talk Design uh, in Facebook and just answer the questions and you'll be all set. Um, But yeah, that was a really cool call because we just kind of chatted a lot about e-design, which I think is very hot topic right now. Uh, I want to say full disclosure, I am, I've not done any of those things that I've talked about aside from some of the contract related stuff. Like I said, I have basically uh, I get people who reach out to me find out what they need. And I put together what that might cost. And so far, nobody's really moved forward with it. And I think it's just a lot of people in virtual design just don't seem what to want to pay what I'm willing to do it for. So there you go. But uh, anyways, I wanted to also share the name of the business coach who gave me a lot of those really cool ideas, which I do quite enjoy. And I think I might offer this service as a more like coaching type Offering and basically just an offering while I need to fill up kind of my my pipeline because it's not really a service I want to ongoing provide, but his name is Mike Mole. MikeMole.to actually. So I think you can reach out to him there And I'll put that in the show notes as well. All right, it's that time for me to read a new review, and I'm very excited to read this one because it is just so dang lovely. All right but I should tell you that it's a five-star review. And as she says, so much valuable information. I've been in the business for 20 years, have been on my own for six years, but I still learn something new for, with every podcast. She has all the right questions that I'm thinking, that I'm thinking during the interview. And there's so much valuable information on each interview. She gets down to the details with how to run a business, what works and what doesn't. Just because we're good designers doesn't mean we're good at running a business, and this podcast has given me more insights on the business side than I received in design school and working in the industry combined. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, most podcasts I've listened to are either anecdotal, storytelling, or too general. I love how specific and real Michelle is, and I also love her down-to-earth tone. She's positive, but not too fluffy and not afraid to share her doubts and fears. Thanks, Michelle. Michelle. So that is from Laura Abrams. So uh, her, her Instagram is at Laura underscore Abrams underscore design. I want to say thank you so much to Laura for that amazing review. Uh, speaking of reviews, what a great little lead in, right? It's like I planned it somehow, which I did. Um, if you want to leave a review, I'm going to start reading all of the reviews. I'm going through all of them right now. And if you actually put your Instagram handle at the end, I will share it and I will tag you on the gram. So before I end this, I wanted to give a shout out to John Fitzsimmons, the creator with his wife of Skety Night. And I'm actually going to leave you with uh, one of his songs. So if you guys want to check him out, he's from the Boston area. It's J-O-H-N-F-I-T-Z.com. or if you're from America johnfit And basically, this is a song that I found on YouTube and I got the audio and I hope you won't mind me having put it into my podcast episode. It's actually quite a lovely song. So before we, we outro with that, please, of course, subscribe, tell a friend, all the things.
2: Of Boston. Thank God, not working the night. Got six of my own, stepdaughter at home. Got a mama keeping things right. Well, I wonder if they're at the table with their puzzles, their papers, and fans. When I get off the highway And I pull in that driveway They run to the window again Daddy's home, daddy's home I can hear you Though I'm still 18 miles away This old station wagon's Got a muffler that's dragging Everything's going my way Mama, put your head on my shoulder Let me hold you tight to my heart you had a long day at home You've been working all along Everyone's doing their part She says Kaylee is up in the bedroom And you can't really figure out why So I find her upstairs In an armload of bears And she looks at me softly and cries Was I sad with no dad to come home to? Did it hurt? He was so far away Did I sit by the phone Wait for him to come home Like Margaret and EJ today Little girl You can cry on my shoulder Though I can't really say How it feels But if one day it's this love that I feel And it's one thing nobody can steal You had Nana, you had Papa, you had Mama And your Mama, she was with you all day With a Ram pickup truck and a boatload dad trying to write songs you got a mama who knows how to make that love grow like them summer days coming along so how about tonight we go dancing through every store in the mall and if the kids don't make scenes well fools.